0: Hello and welcome to episode 75 of Grow with Soul. Today is a coaching episode with Julia Mazzola, who you may know online as Julia Writes. Over the last four years, Julia has been on a personal journey of deconstructing her version of success after leaving corporate finance and exploring and getting comfortable with sharing her writing online. She wants to be supported by her writing but doesn't know what that is going to look like, And is going round and round with ideas and what does and doesn't feel right. I loved having this meandering conversation with Julia about the nature of clarity, listening to and trusting your inner voice, deciphering ideas, and knowing what you want. I hope that you enjoy it too. Hi, Julia. Hi, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on. And I know that it is very early in the morning for you. (laughs)
1: I know thank you so much for having me I'm really excited to have the opportunity to chat
0: me too I think we've got lots of juicy things uh, to get into but before we do that can you give me and everyone else the story of you and you in this business and what it is that you do and yeah the context
1: Yeah, of course. So my name is Julia Mazoda, and I have my website called Julia Writes. So I say that I am a writer and a storyteller, and I've been sharing my story of how I've changed my life after leaving a corporate job in finance and learning how to reconnect with my creativity and my inner voice to lead a more intentional life. I feel that I spent a great deal of time feeling lost in the woods and so I share my story to provide a guiding light for those that are still on their overgrown forest path. And this all kind of began when I left my corporate finance job. I felt like I had lost a really strong identity that I had associated with it and a sense of security around being a successful person, essentially. Yeah. And I hadn't realized while I was doing my job that I had become smaller and smaller throughout it. I was very insecure about my skills in the finance world and it chipped away my confidence little by little. And while I was there, I did everything I could to stop being insecure about it. So I studied, I became a certified financial analyst, I read books about investment, I signed up to newsletters, I mean, everything that I could think of to try and fit in. Because I just kept thinking that I hadn't really caught up yet with everyone else. And eventually I would feel confident if I worked hard enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize that expending all this extra energy on trying to feel like I was good enough at this job was actually killing my creativity and capacity to listen to myself. I theoretically lived a really wonderful life. I was earning lots of money. I was living in London. I was going out to fun restaurants and I was having so much fun. And that's why it took me so long to realize that the job wasn't really right for me, because there were so many markers of success that told me that I should be really grateful. And it was only when I left that job that I kind of realized how blank I felt. I kept trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And I wanted to have all the answers immediately because it felt really uncomfortable being at a loss after that job went away and feeling so confused. So I listened to podcasts and I took courses and I planned things. But I kept hearing the same kind of message that these people had had a dream or a passion and they like took the leap to finally pursue that passion. And so I just kept worrying. I kept thinking, what's wrong with me that I don't have a dream, mm. that I don't have any kind of vision of what I'd actually like to do. And so that felt awful. And so I just kept on diving into more things that I thought would make me feel better without giving myself time to just be. And it was only when I moved to Scotland to live with my husband that I was sort of forced into a quiet period and had to give myself time to think. Moved to Aberdeen in the middle of winter. And uh, it was the first time that I started to really be alone with my thoughts and had to start confronting my discomfort around everything that I was feeling and that is when I started journaling every day and I started sharing on Instagram and my blog and slowly began unraveling the beliefs and stories I had told myself and began to develop the inklings of a dream Mm. so that is where I'm at now
0: oh my god just like I was just listening to that like yes yes (laughs) like obviously not in a mean way because like that obviously it sounds like it was quite a difficult time but it was just like yes I know exactly what you mean but and I'm so happy and honored that you shared that here because it's just I don't know those things about like the markers of success and thinking that if you don't immediately have that dream or vocation you you don't you're never gonna have it at all and you're wrong like that's something that I struggled with as well and actually sometimes still do on a day-to-day basis when I'm like what actually is my dream (laughs) 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 Um, uh, so yeah I just empathize so hard with you
1: thank you I mean I feel like it can be a moving goalpost and and I'm I I kind of managed to summarize it, but this took years, (laughs) you know, this, I left my finance job four years ago and, and I think I I did, I used to feel so frustrated with how much time everything was taking. I was so annoyed (laughs) that everyone else seemed to know what they wanted to do. And, and I didn't. And, and I say, I have the inklings of a dream now which which is true but it does help me to hear you say that you also still get a little bit confused sometimes
0: (laughs) yeah and I think it shifts as we shift because and and especially when I talk to people and work with people around the idea of purpose there is this feeling that there is one purpose for every human and and if we don't come up with the right one we're going to be stuck forever until our We die, whereas it's like no. It as you grow and evolve as a human, and things happen in the world, and things affect you, and and that shifts. And the same with your dreams and what you want to do. It's gonna shift and change as your life shifts and changes, and as your you as a human shifts and changes. So I think that yeah, it's one of those things. It's like I need this one dream, this one thing that I want to do. Whereas actually. Very often, I think the thing that makes you unique and special in a business, but also just fulfilled as a human, is it's where all your dreams and passions intersect. That's where the magic happens, rather than like, well, I just have to pick one of these.
1: And it's it's interesting that you say that, because that is very much what I'm drawn to as well. You know, the kind of people that I follow online or the books that I read, it's very much people who have all these kind of differing interests and these life stories and they bring it all together. And that's what attracts me. And yet it's that kind of thing where it's much easier to have belief in someone else than it is to have belief in yourself. Mm. (laughs) And I think I'm still stuck on this idea that I need to have almost like a syllabus to follow. You know, when you have exams, Mm -hmm. you have your syllabus, you study, then you can get a high mark (laughs) and and there's like a clear blueprint. And, and that's, I think, I think that's what I keep trying to search for. Mm -hmm. I keep trying to search for this path that I can follow to get a high mark.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that it's also having then gone into finance where there was also The stepping stones are all there. You can see like, oh, I do this qualification and I get there and then I get this promotion and and you can see it all laid out in front of you and, yeah, I know what you mean, that sometimes you just want to know what the assessment objectives are. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, Instead, the kind of writing career that I've gone into or this kind of work that I've been sharing, it's all unknown Mm -hmm. and I definitely prefer it to the life that I had before but it's still very uncomfortable and 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 the reason why i wanted to talk to you today is because i feel like i'm at a point i'm feel very grateful that i'm at the point where i have a little bit of a dream now but i still don't have i still haven't turned it into a business and i'd love to be able to be supported by my writing and supported by these stories that i want to share and helping people feel less alone in their journey the unknown period. Mm. So
0: I've I've got a question for you, which is, do you feel that you want the syllabus to follow because you, you're not sure actually what to do or because you want to make sure that you're doing it right and get, get the tick and the the A star at the end.
1: I mean, I think there's always going to be a part of me that wants the A star. (laughs) 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 Because that's just the world that I grew up in as well. But I think the larger part is that I I'm not sure what to do. In that I've been writing for two years now and sharing online for about that time, and I I really love doing it, and I just don't know what the next step is to be able to offer something of value that I could charge for, and maybe there's issues with I think I still believe that I. I don't think I have anything of offer, a of value to offer. And that's part of my fear as well. Mm. Yeah.
0: Okay. I hear what you mean. And I think that it's really a mixture of both. And the first step really is defining your syllabus, if you like, and actually coming up with, well, nobody's giving this to me, so I'm just going to give it to myself so I can follow some steps and actually feel like I'm generating some actions and some momentum and then what will come with that is then the confidence and And actually in in a lot of ways it's really difficult to do things from a standing start you know if you if you're trying to do a long jump it's easier to take a run up than just like start from standing you know and so so many of us try to just stand there and do the biggest jump we can when actually we just need to build up a little bit more momentum and and do some stuff and see what we get back and then jump and we actually get further by doing that because we're not just trying to do it all really cold and with with no evidence around us.
1: Yeah, I think there is a part of me that has this idea that I need to Still, kind of create the perfect thing mm-hmm. before I before I can actually sell anything, yeah. <laughs> and and because I don't know what that perfect thing is, I don't know I don't know how to take the next step.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I mean we all know that there isn't a perfect thing, and so I'm kind of not going to waste my breath saying it. But also, I would say that how can something be perfect or how can something be the best version of itself when it's created in a vacuum Mm. it has to be have input from other people and from what other people want and it's really scary i know but it's also that you know you are just one brain trying to come up with something for other people's brains whereas actually you could just ask them what they like about this thing And then they can tell you and you're like, oh, well, that was different than what I thought it was going to be. But actually, I can see how this is going to work. And I think the way to do that is not to launch with a thing, first of all, and then have people go, well, that's not what I want. (laughs) But it's to start co-creating it with people. And because people, A, really like that, to see that to feel like they're a part of something Um, and particularly with the kind of community that you've been building and, and and the substance of your work as well which is very kind of share as you go it definitely makes sense to kind of say this is I'm starting now to look at what I've done the last two years of sharing and I've got to a place of if not comfort comfort with the discomfort with that and now i'm looking for what is the next part of this journey and that is starting to earn a living from this so i would love to invite you on that journey with me and then just start asking the question because especially when you've been building an audience for two years without really asking anything of them they're probably at a point where they're like i wish you'd make this julia
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's the that's the issue. It feels very hard to believe uh, that that anybody would be thinking that, mm-hmm. <laughs> because obviously a lot of the sharing that I do is for free and is out there, and it's hard to it's hard to imagine that extra step
0: mm-hmm.
1: of of value that feels like I can ask someone to spend money on me. Even though I have no issue spending money on other people when they
0: <laughs> when they have their offerings, so let's let's look at this in a slightly different way for a bit. So when you said you've started to get the inklings of the dream and you sort of know where you want to get to, let's start with that. So what what do you want out of this?
1: I really want to be able to be supported by my writing in a way that feels fulfilling and meaningful so for me that means that my writing helps people feel less alone and helps them go through the journey that I went through four years ago if it can help them a little bit alleviate some of that discomfort that I felt that would make me feel really happy while also being supported in a way that I can continue to have flexibility and freedom in my day Mm-hmm. that's the that's the dream <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: so in that way it's really it's not so much like helping people in a very hands-on way or in a one-to-one way because the flexibility is still so important and you want the focus to really be the writing yeah So, so you you're not really thinking about teaching, or you kind of are, or you don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well this this is the this is a slight confusion. I've I've looked at, um, I mean I've I've obviously looked around, and there's a lot of people that I really admire in the space, and I personally am not sure if coaching one-on-one is the right thing for me. I think teaching would be interesting. I am not sure what it would look like yet, but definitely I prefer the focus to be on my writing. And I think perhaps part of the reason why I struggle of knowing what to do is because I don't really see, like we were saying, a kind of a a blueprint Mm. set out even from what other people are doing. I mean, almost the closest person I can think of is Susanna Conway, who I very much admire. But even that doesn't feel exactly the right fit. <laughs> I mean, obviously, because it's always going to be somebody else's work. And, th- and that's the other thing. And then I get scared of the fact that what if I'm just being unoriginal and copying somebody else's work? I, I really want it to come from inside me. But I don't want to just wait around for a lightning bolt of inspiration either. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, actually what you've just said reminded me of something I learned really recently on an, on another course about behavior design and it's something called the matching challenge which is where we are as you say kind of searching about for the the thing that we want to do and we see people doing stuff and we just kind of match ourselves to the one that feels the closest but it's still not quite right and so that might be a concept to kind of look into because yes, you you you're having a challenge of matching yourself to something that doesn't exist quite yet. So, in terms of trying to find this clarity and the kind of looking around that you've been doing, what have you been doing to kind of find that clarity? Whether that's external by looking at other people or internal by kind of sitting
1: and thinking really hard. <laughs> yeah, well, one of one of the the. I think that's made the biggest difference over the past few months has been uh, consistently journaling. So I, I journal every day and I do a tarot pull every day. And that has been a huge unlocking of, um, I'd say, my inner voice, kind of what I want to be. It's, it's helped provide clarity around how I want to spend my days and how I want to feel. That's kind of been the, the internal piece The external is I tried pitching for magazines and sending articles, and that has been successful, but hasn't really felt like the right fit for me as a long-term solution. And then I've also tried to just brainstorm a bunch of ideas of what I could offer, but at the moment, it's all it's all words mm-hmm. on a piece of paper, without it having any form or substance.
0: Mm-hmm. But and I think there are there is a lot of things in there that are important. Like when you realise that submitting the articles doesn't feel quite like the right thing either. I think that's really important because that is the obvious route. Like I want to be supported by my writing, so I will write stuff and get paid for it but the fact that that isn't it is really important because that's not something you can cross off and i think this is something to start doing is going deeper into these things of what is it really specifically that doesn't feel good about that is it that is it the gatekeepers is it the fact that you're not speaking Directly to the person you're just kind of speaking to the editor who's then putting it in and it's there's that gap is it that you want to have more immediate connection like there's the things to dig into and similarly like you say with Susanna Conway it's like what are the things that really do feel right and that where I do feel kind of well matched and what are the things that really don't because it might be something like I like the way that she creates it's all stuff all her stuff all her courses are things to help you as a human rather than to help you do stuff which is quite rare online but maybe it's the the volume that she does or the the format in which she does it that doesn't feel right so that can be a really good in to sort of being like okay well these are all the reasons why that thing isn't right but these here I've got a list of reasons of all the things that feel good now what can I make out of these
1: Yeah, that's a really, I've never really um, thought about it that way in terms of drilling down why in particular, I don't like a thing, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. I've always just kind of been like, "Mm, doesn't feel right. Okay. (laughs) 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 But, um, but I think you're, you're right. That would be really helpful because in terms of the magazines, it's very much the gatekeeper side of things that I'm not fond of. And that once my writing is out there, it's, Kind of out of my hands, and mm. I don't really, I don't like the fact that it doesn't stay connected to to me or to my to the audience that I want to reach mm. as well. Uh, so that that that's true. That is a very interesting insight into it.
0: Mm. Because yeah, it's hard. It, and it's it's quite hard to do <laughs> because it feels wrong. But you can't always put that into language of why does that actually feel wrong. But to actually spend the time with it and trying to verbalize it as you say, now you've got this insight that you can't have that writing adrift from you. It has to be connected to you and that therefore perhaps it's a little bit that your story is an important context for explaining this. That And it's actually, maybe it's not about the writing, it's about the, the greater story and that life change and the writing is just the way that you communicate that to the world, but actually what you're driven to help people with is that the change. Be- the change yeah. Yeah. And
1: mm-hmm. then Very be- insightful.
0: And then it becomes, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm on a roll now. And then it becomes less, the question is less, how can I support myself with my writing, but how can I create change in others through writing? And that's quite a subtle shift, but it takes you out of those obvious channels of the magazines, etc., and more into specifically looking at the unique thing that you can offer of value to people.
1: Yeah, that makes um that makes a lot of sense. I think the word unique is a little bit scary to me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I imagine, I mean, I know that a lot of people feel this way, I think, especially online it feels hard to be unique. And I find especially on Instagram, which is a wonderful community, but quite rightly, a lot of like-minded people will flock together. And so it feels, it feels as if all the stuff that I say is also being said by everyone else, which is, I think, part of the, maybe part of the block around why I don't feel like I can mm-hmm. help other people change
0: as well Mm -hmm. yeah and you know what this has just reminded me there is an igtv that glennon doyle did recently about writing and somebody said that she just keeps talking about the same topics as everyone else and what glennon said is that we're all on our little patch of land on the earth and we're all drilling down with our work and if we all drill deep enough we all dig deep enough we're all going to hit the same core of the earth we're all going to hit the same topics but the thing that makes it different is the land that we're drilling through and the things that we drill and dig through that gets us to that topic and so that might be a way to think about it is that yes the topics are talked about quite a lot but that's because when you get down to essential human truths there's really only just a few but it's the way in which you can talk about it in a different way and share a different experience and a different context for it
1: and And it's also, I find it, it's so interesting how the block very much just is around myself because if I look at the kind of things that I love to read or watch they're very similar and I can usually never get enough of them (laughs) you know, (laughs) kind of novels I basically just want the same kind of story over and over again told in different ways, so it's. I should really just apply that to my own kind of thinking as well, and, and be like, well, the the right the right people will find the right kind of story through what I tell, mm-hmm. and and that will be that will be good enough.
0: Mm. And yeah, and of course we can sit here and go, oh yeah, just do that. But it's <laughs> it's much easier said than done, and that has to be a practice that, and you have to learn to catch the thoughts and undo them and to set it up as a kind of little trigger in your in yourself that as soon as you're like oh wow that's not very unique you then that has you have to learn to get into the habit of going hold on I've just caught that thought there I need to go back and actually unravel that and show myself that that's not true
1: yeah that makes a lot of sense it's it's funny because the I've spent the past two years getting over the fear of showing up and you get into a rhythm of kind of being consistent and showing up and then that feels a little bit less scary and then a whole new scary thing shows up for you to deal with <laughs> and so it seems like this is just part of part of the journey isn't it to kind of keep scaring yourself and then keep getting over it
0: yeah exactly that's what that's that's what happens is that you you get through something you're like wow that was that was the hardest thing I'll ever have to do and then you turn around and there's oh (laughs) there's another wall to climb and the more walls you climb the easier they get but yes it's something it's never going to go away so it's more about getting feeling confident in your ability to scale the wall rather than expecting there not to be any and if they exist then you're doing it wrong
1: yeah when you um when you have potential wobbles about your dream what is something that you tend to do that helps you recenter
0: good question so i guess what i do is i go very much back inside myself I try not to think about other people because when I think about what other people want and need from me I create some somebody else's dream. I create the dream of what, you know, someone else over there sitting at home wants me to do for them and I create that. So I've got to think that's got to come later. And this is a this is a new way of thinking for me. That was always how I used to approach things was Okay, what do people need, and how can I give it to them? And that that got me into into a hole where I was literally existing for other people and not for myself. So now I very much start with what what is it that I want and feel called to do, and how can I then apply that in a way that is going to be valuable for other people? But it has to start with what is the life that I want to live. So, for example like if I'm starting to do more courses actually do I need what I need is for them to be open for for people to do whenever they want and they're very self-led which means that in the course content I make it I spend more time on the course content but it also means that I'm not you know in a perpetual launch cycle every year of my life because I've got to put all these courses out and then I've got to kind of sit and hold hundreds of people's expectations on my shoulders the whole time I can just kind of let the work go out there and be and then I can kind of be for myself so I don't know I think I'm going off beast of the
1: question a bit no no that (laughs) that makes a lot of sense that that I think that I guess my follow-up question is the around what we were talking about earlier with the co-creation idea I mean there are no there are no actual steps to follow I guess but in terms of bringing it out when it's kind of ready because at the moment like I was saying I've just got kind of words on a page I have vague ideas but no substance my fear is that if I bring it out to other people that that may happen that I will get sucked into creating something that I think they want rather than something that I want to make, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think that's that doing the, the work of these are my non-negotiables and, and keeping it really simple because I think that's the thing we get. We have like these reams and reams and notebooks and notebooks of things that we do and we don't want. But actually, if we could just like, these are my five non-negotiables of boundaries I will not cross. I must feel like this. I must not have X, Y, Z, whatever they are. And then that gives you a very simple thing that when somebody's like, oh, I'd really love this. Well, actually, that crosses is one of my non-negotiables. So let me see if there's a way that I can get the essence of that thing that they want, but apply it differently.
1: Yeah. So it it does come back very much to having a strong kind of inner in a realm that you feel very comfortable with. <laughs> so kind of being trusting yourself around around those kind of decisions. Yeah.
0: And the other thing is as well that a lot of what people think they want isn't really what they need. So they think, oh, I... I... So that was the other
1: question. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, go on, what was the question? <laughs> no, that was the other question that I was wondering because... I mean, this is why people spend money on marketing and surveys and all these things is that they're very difficult to do. It's hard to ask the right questions, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if you ask someone, well, "What do you want?", they may not necessarily know the answer.
0: Yep, but then you can get a clue from that. So, for example, one that immediately springs to mind is that if I say to somebody, "You know what?" what is stopping you what's holding you back and they might say i don't know enough i don't have enough knowledge i don't have enough expertise i don't have enough qualifications so that's what they want they want the knowledge and the expertise to be able to go off and do the thing whereas what they need is to not worry that they don't have the expertise because they what they have is enough they actually need to know how to apply what they've got and to go off happily and blissfully doing their work uniquely without adding all these layers of expectations of what they need so that's how you can then start to unravel it is when people say this is what is this is what is wrong this is what is holding me back I need x you can say well maybe maybe x is what you want but what you really need is to not worry about x or to have Z, or whatever it is that maybe is that it makes sense in there but that's the thing you kind of have to read between the lines of people because and especially when you're doing work because in theory this is like oh that sounds a bit difficult but your work is going to be very grounded in your experience so if somebody who is you four years ago comes to you and says, Oh, I need my dream, I need I need to know everything that's happening, I need a syllabus, I need to follow it all. You already know what they actually need because you did it.
1: Yeah. That's a very good way of looking at it. When you first started your business, how well not how long, but did it take a while for you to feel like you were in the right kind of space to be offering things?
0: In terms of
1: sorry, what I mean is mm. when you um, when you first started and you started offering services, did it immediately come from a place of this feels right for me, or was it also a, a figuring out process as well?
0: Yeah, I think I'm actually trying to stop saying I think so much because like I know, um, but um, when I started. I was, I think I was all guns blazing because I was trying to not let myself sink into the self-doubt. I was trying to crowd out the self-doubt with action and just be like doing it and oh yeah it's all working and so I really rushed into things head first and I was like yeah look it's all working everything's good like I'm it must be working it must all be good because I'm so busy and I'm doing all this stuff and so while it wasn't consciously a kind of working out of whether it was right for me or not that is what it was because it turned out it wasn't but I had to do that in order to be able to identify okay the these are the elements of this work that are actually in direct conflict with what I hold most valuable for myself and therefore I need to unravel that um so yeah, I didn't it wasn't a conscious it wasn't consciously kind of dipping a toe and being kind of trepidatious about it, but there has to be a period where you're testing it out because if it's something you've never done before, how do you know if you like it or not?
1: And how do you find the best way to start listening to your inner voice?
0: I when I have a thought, I try to track back of where it's come from. So if I have a thought, if I'm toying between using the example again of, oh, do I just let this course kind of be a self-led thing or do I actually fully go and run it? The thought of, oh, I I should go and run this course and like really be be in it and all that kind of thing, that comes from other people because I know how it feels when I think about that. I, I, I know the only reason I'm thinking that is because I'm worried about what other people want. I know that. And I just have to be honest with myself that that's the reason that it is. And also, I can I've started now to know how it feels in my body. That and it's so subtle that you kind of feel yourself your shoulders closing in, or you feel yourself opening up. And not even like it, it just even just the way it feels inside. You just kind of think, oh, that feels trapping. That doesn't. And that's how my inner voice communicates to me is that it's how i feel in my body and also i when i'm still not sure i try and track back where that thought is coming from is it coming from me or is it coming from what someone else wants or societal conditioning or what i think i should do but actually it's against what i really want so that's but you know it's an ongoing conversation
1: <laughs> yeah i i find it my body as well tends to communicate me to me in that way as well i get this kind of tingly sensation in my fingertips when it feels right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and but it can be quite easy to allow yourself to be swayed away from i think what your body and your gut knows yeah and what your brain is thinking because the brain is much much louder (laughs) than the body
0: sometimes it takes an, an an immense amount of trust to follow your body and i don't think that anybody should think that they're doing things wrong or that they're betraying themselves if they're not every single moment of every day following their body and that that inner voice because i don't think it's possible to do that and and it takes so long to build that trust with yourself um like i'm not 100 percent external
1: yeah yeah there's so much external conditioning especially for for women around not liking our bodies as well and not trusting our bodies mm-hmm. that i feel that plays like a really big part in not being able to listen to what it has to say as well
0: yeah yeah absolutely so i think it's it's something to just to try and start to recognize the tics like you have and then try and follow it keep more practicing often than not <laughs> yeah. so when you say about uh, you get your tingly fingertips. What are the things that give you the tingly fingertips?
1: Certain topics that I write about, certain things that I write about will will give me that kind of opening up, tingly fingertips feeling. And it usually very much comes from a place when I am sharing a personal experience that I have been through. That tends to be where it feels right.
0: And so what does that tell
1: you? Yeah, it <laughs> It's like what you were saying earlier, I think I think you're right, it does very much come from the storytelling aspect of it rather than necessarily the actual writing. And writing is the way to support that storytelling. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. So I think I'm gonna have to I'll have to go back to the drawing board of brainstorm ideas and see what else can come up with that when I look at it from that kind of lens. Cause I really do love sharing stories and I love hearing other people's stories as well like I love hearing how they've gone through their journey and how they have muddled through the difficult bits it's it's part of the reason why I'm drawn to novels as well I just love those journeys that people go through
0: yeah I think it I it's all in there and it's a piecing together of the puzzle pieces and like I said I think a key thing for you is to go deeper because when you're obviously doing a lot of journaling and a lot of tarot and things like that but I know how easy it is that you're kind of like well I've done it (laughs) and I still don't know the answer so I'm gonna go and do something else now whereas actually it's a kind of a tunneling into those things and that especially when you are more kind of creatively minded and you, you you express but then you don't analyze. so you, it's starting to analyze the expression, even if that if you do that later, you know you so you've written your journal entry or you've you've gone to look at somebody else's business and you've kind of written down all the things and and then you go back and you go through, okay, right, let's pull this apart piece by piece. And that will then start to give you some pointers of okay this is what is right this is what doesn't feel right so now I've got my benchmarks of these are my non-negotiables these are my things that I really do not want to do so then what does that leave me and again then with the co-creation and things like that I think something that I've been thinking of a lot lately is what is the bigger problem because people will come up with like oh, I'm, I'm really struggling with this little thing. <laughs> but what actually is the bigger problem behind that? It's not, oh, I'm not an expert. It's I don't actually have the confidence in myself and the trust in myself that I'm enough. Like that's the bigger problem, not the fact that you don't have a coaching qualification. Right? <laughs> so
1: yeah, um, it's so true. But there's always these layers underneath the stories that are underneath the, the fear and the issue that... Is supporting that fear <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: and so I think for you as well it's allowing the time and space um because like you say we think oh I've got to have my idea like now <laughs> and I did a course recently with uh, David Hyer, and he said in that course that people were willing to spend 10 years on a business but two days on the idea and I was like well that's not me because like I do nothing but think of ideas but then when I thought about it I do a lot of daydreaming but actually if I'm like making a new thing I'll spend maybe a good half an hour (laughs) kind of writing it all out and then I'll just start doing it. I was actually... I, we can all afford to spend more time on that idea and tunneling into it and thinking about what is actually the bigger idea behind this idea and going for those essential truths and that, yeah it's I'm going to write something about this the kind of the fetishization of implementation like oh, I've got to start doing it I've got to start taking action if I'm not taking action I'm not doing anything and action is so important but not to the detriment of finding the thing that's right
1: it has to be intentional action, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, I mean definitely when I first left my job, that it was not intentional action. It was very much throw myself at anything so that I felt busy enough mm-hmm. to feel like I was doing something and to feel like I was achieving. And that's maybe been part of my fear as well lately is that I don't I don't want to just be taking steps just to be taking steps. Mm-hmm. But equally, I can't just not do anything. It's, it's about finding the right balance between an intentional step forward that will teach me something versus just doing something so that I feel busy.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And yeah, it's, it's an intentional run up. Like we were saying about the jump. It's not just like running around <laughs> trying to avoid jumping. It's I'm running up to a jump. And during that run-up, I can, you know, I'm going to really go for it on the metaphor now. You can do a straight run-up. You can do like the hop, skip and a jump run-up. You can do, there's lots of different types of jump. So you've just got to, you can experiment in that run-up and you can you can start it and then you can go back and but you can spend time running up to the thing. And yeah, it's it's having the, enough stillness to be able to allow things to come through but also enough stimulus of doing things to generate the idea.
1: Always love a good extended metaphor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And actually sometimes I think just kind of putting it to your brain and letting it chew away on it because what is it like 90% of your brain is subconscious like sometimes before I go to bed or something I'm just like brain can you just work on whatever it is that i can't think of anything and then something will come through in the next couple of days that i'm like oh that's a good idea so kind it's of it's putting that it- book,
1: why we sleep has um that's exactly what they say about your brain while you're sleeping it works on things so like piano players would practice and practice and practice but it's only while they're asleep that the neural pathways actually form and so then the next morning they're actually able to play
0: mm, that's good yeah 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 so we yeah we do we try and do all these things with this little piece of brain that it's we're trying to force it to do stuff whereas actually yeah letting it be still and let it just generate things and yeah so how are you feeling now
1: I feel like you've given me a lot to think about and I'm excited to go away and think about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because this is such a difficult conversation because I can't say, oh yeah, here's your five steps, off you go (laughs) and all your problems will be solved.
1: (laughs) Well, I find it so helpful to be able to talk about it with someone who understands and there's this kind of work of, Building a creative business or writing, I find is very difficult to articulate mm. to people who haven't done it. And so it's really helpful to be able to talk through it with someone who gets it.
0: Good. And I think as well that it's all right to not be ready to do it just yet. Like I feel I feel that you're ready to start, but not ready to implement like there's still a lot of baggage in there around the value and the money and all that kind of thing and actually just trying to empty that bucket all on top of you is going to be a shock to the system because if you actually just take it out cup by cup you'll it starts to build up and it becomes much more manageable so I don't think trying to go all in and have the offering and charge all the money and you know push the promotion and have all your value like that's just too much to do in one go when you're not used to it so it's just phasing that project and at this moment in time not getting hung up on the fact that like I'm gonna have to charge for this (laughs) because that then affects what you create because if you start to think well oh that's not realistic or people wouldn't pay that or or, how am I going to actually convince someone to do this that's going to stifle the idea coming through. Is actually feel like how can I have the best idea, mm. and not think about how I have to make it happen, but what is the best idea I can have, and then later I can deal with the logistics. But that's that's not a problem for me right now.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. Thank you for <laughs> all of this. Yeah, thank you so much. It's been provided a lot more to Marlo for.
0: Good. I, I feel like I could talk about this like f- for like three hours, but <laughs> I probably shouldn't. <laughs> but I, I hope that there is um, at least some ways in. I think with this kind of work, with, with clarity and with knowing what you want, it's just, it's finding the ways in and then you've got to unravel it for yourself because... Yeah, it's got to be what you want. But anyway, I've got to ask you a last question, which is how do you grow with soul in your work and life?
1: I grow with soul by allowing my intuition and joy to be my touchstones so that I can grow a business and life that supports me rather than running me.
0: Perfect. Now you've got to go make a, like, an offering out of that. <laughs> 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 So Julia, where can people come and find you and engage with you and find your work?
1: So I am on Instagram with Julia Writes and Julia is the Italian spelling. So it's G-I-U-L-I-A and my website, JuliaWrites.com. And I also send a newsletter twice a week called Letters from the Journey, which is sharing about all of these feelings.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Julia.
1: Thank you.
0: Any links that we mentioned in this episode will be on my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Julia on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she is at Julia writes with the Italian spelling of Julia. As always, if you think you have a friend who'd really benefit from this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening online too. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul.